How you doing, everyone? Wherever you're watching around the world, welcome back to another episode of Broadcast. Now, if you don't know what Bra is, of course, it's sponsored and it's put on, produced by Broad Beard Oils. But what this is, it just isn't about big hairy men, big hairy women, whatever way you want to talk about it, beards. It's also an attitude. It's a lifestyles podcast. On this show, each and every week, we get to talk to interesting folk from all walks of life, from all around the world. We have had on photographers, we've had MMA fighters, pro wrestlers, comedians, actors. BDSM models, a little bit of everything. We like to talk to all these different variety of folks from all across the spectrum, all across the rainbow of attitudes and backgrounds. So we're going to get on to our very special guest in just a second. But before we do that with this week's episode, don't forget to like, share, check out our archive over on YouTube. And of course, head over to Broadbeard Oils. Check out some of the amazing products they've got coming over the summer. Why not treat yourself just now? And of course, make sure to follow us on all our social medias. Right. I'm really looking forward to this guest because we've got to talk to some really interesting folks over the last couple of weeks, and I'm very excited to talk to our guest today. So please, ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome mental skills coach, give it up. He's sitting in the green room patiently looking at me just now. Uh, please give it up for Mr. John Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. Morning, John. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Thank you for that introduction. Um so many questions to ask about uh, what you do. I've got some of the details from John. i got to have a little look and a little dig about online as well. Mental skills coach. Um, that's quite the title. What in a, a sort of quick summation, if you could, we'll unpack it all, of course, but in a quick summation, what is it you would say to like the, the layman out here that hears John Johnson, mental skills coach? What, is that, what does that say to people? Right. If I'm going to simplify it, Okay. And I'll ask you this question. Do you know how at times you think things you don't want to think, feel things you don't want to feel, and you maybe do things you don't want to do? 100%. Well, what I do with clients, and as it stands, I work with professional footballers, I help them understand why they're thinking like that, why yeah. they're feeling like that, why they're doing those things, and what they need to do in order to change it. So it's not so much just a here's what to do in order to change it. I help them understand why they're thinking like that, feeling like that, doing those things, and then what you need to do in order to change it. So I think education is a massive part in helping anybody. Yeah. And from the education, it's not just a here's what to do. I think helping someone understand the why. Now, whether we talk a footballer, whether we talk a comedian, whether we talk a banker, no matter who it is, understanding the why. Why you think like you think, why you feel like you feel, and why you do what you do, and what you need to do in order to change it. I think the why is absolutely key. Oh, definitely. So that that already is a big, big departure from what I call uh, TikTok mental coaches, yeah. shall we say, who are very much, it's all quite superficial. It's all quite for show, but you're really getting into the weeds and helping people really understand themselves and the issues they've got going on and helping educate them and how to overcome those. Would that be a way of putting it? Yeah, 100%. And I think that no matter whether it's an athlete listening to this or whether it's just someone that has a 95 job, obviously we've got, we're still in lockdown, that's right. Yep, we've still got lockdown going on. And I think that coming, like say, coming through lockdown or kind of coming out of lockdown, if you're understanding why you think the way that you think, why you feel like you feel and what you need to do in order to change those things, I think it can be massive. Because my, you want to see my philosophy or what I believe is the inner drives the outer. The mind right. drives the body or the invisible drives the visible. So the more you understand why this does what it does, the more the outer game or however you want to work it is more likely to go the way that you want. 
All right. Well, well, let's 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 certainly talk about the the people we've, you've worked with in the past. Now, you've talked about working with pro athletes, but again, this applies to virtually anyone once you once you're yeah. sort of digging into things. But you you work with athletes to get people that would would understand it. I mean, if if there's a layman out there, all these millionaires that are getting paid a fortune to go and play football, do something they love, it's all wine and roses. We're all human beings at the end of the day. What's yeah. some of the obstacles you've had to find, even with? You know, football, particularly during lockdown, is something that all our eyes are on just now because there's well, there's not a lot of other uh, live entertainment on for us Brits just now. But in terms of football, how would you approach some of the, what some of the difficulties you've had, and how have you helped overcome those? I think if you're looking at if you're taking lockdown specifically, and mm. this again, we'll go kind of more general than just football with this. Yes. Quite often a person will come to me and what they're doing is, or what they're struggling with is focusing on the negative. So uh-huh. anything that happens, I focus on the negative in that situation, or this has happened and I'm always jumping to the worst case scenario, or I'm always focusing on the negative. Right. But again, like to so going back to what I touched on originally, the brain is hardwired negative. And no, I'm, the last thing I want to do is come on here and kind of educate the listener, so to speak, but your brain's role is to keep you alive. And your brain is hardwired negative. So the, re- the reason that your brain is hardwired negative is to keep you alive. Because if your brain wasn't hardwired negative, i.e. let's focus on the negative, your brain's role or your brain couldn't do its role, if that makes sense. So yeah. your brain's not all about, can he, I parts of it is, can he being successful in that? But the number one thing that your brain will prioritise is keeping you alive. So in order to keep you alive, it needs to be hardwired negative. Because if you think about it in life, or even as a comedian, hmm. you you might get, there's 100 people in a room and uh, 99 are clapping thinking that's brilliant, but you've got that one person going, boo, that's absolute garbage. Now you've got the 99 positives and you've got the one negative and you come away thinking, oh, what about him, what about him? And people are saying, aye, but there's 99 positive. But you're still thinking about that one person, that one guy. But the reason that is, is because your brain is hardwired negative. Those 99 people blowing hot smoke or those 99 people going, you're amazing, that joke was brilliant, or that gig was brilliant. Yeah. They're not going to kill you. And when I mean kill you, I'm not talking from a physical point of view, but obviously from a mental point of view, they're not a threat. But that one guy going, that joke was garbage, my grand tells better jokes than that. That right. one person, your brain's like, that's a threat. That's a threat. So what I'm going to do, we're going to focus on him, and you need, not so much you need to deal with him, but you need to deal with that comment. And your brain wants to make this comment out to be bigger than it actually is. Yeah. Why? Because your brain's role is to keep you alive. So by your brain's role to keep you alive, it wants to exaggerate things. Because that wee comment, it's not that important, but it needs to make it out to be really, really important in your head. Why? Because it then thinks, well, you'll look to deal with it. Right. I understand. I've never heard uh, the one negative comment at a gig or that one miserable bugger we get at gigs actually (laughs) unpacked as a threat before, but that totally makes sense. If there's any of my comedian friends watching this, guys... He might have just unlocked <laughs> something for us all. Because um, it's totally what we do. Like, I, I, it's the most ridiculous thing. I've had the, the stand in Glasgow rocking. There's been that one guy It's miserable. What's his problem? What's his problem? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Right, okay. Huh? <laughs> uh, I didn't quite expect to go on that journey with that, but uh, that's amazing. But what you're certainly saying in terms of uh, what we're working with different people and you've applied it to lots of uh, uh, different things. I've got to ask, do you have people coming to you with these problems because they recognise difficulty within themselves or how exactly do you go about 
making that connection to to work with people because we like you say we are all hardwired negative and we're it's that survival instinct how do you make the contact with people when they need to identify that they have a problem well through business i'll be honest like everything uh -huh. i've done in business it's just been i hate the word grind but it's just it's been an effort and the way yeah. like i connect with footballers is basically through Instagram, through direct message. So ask, 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 or basically I can come away with you work on your inner game, or is yeah. it something that you've worked on previously? And the amount of, not just football, but the amount of people in the world, if you think about it, again, obviously I've given the answer on this, but every footballer that comes to me, one of the first questions I'll ask is, do you know the role of this? Do you know what mm -hmm. this does? Do you know why it's there? And the answer is no. So we've got, I'd say the most powerful thing in our lives, it drives absolutely everything, and we've no idea what it's actually there for. Yeah, which for me makes absolutely no sense. But once you start kind of understanding what is this here for, it starts to make sense. But the people that work with myself, it probably comes through. There's two ends of it. Number one, you could have a player that just or someone that just wants to tick every box. Right. I want to I give myself the chance of being the most successful in my field. I want to. It's basically the no what ifs. I don't want to get to the end and go, well, what if I'd tried this or what if I'd done that? Whereas you do have other people that come with, if you want to say a struggle, that struggle could be confidence, that struggle could be belief. But I think probably the most common struggle I come across, and this isn't just, again, in sport, mm. but in life, I think it's dealing with other people's opinions. I think that is the hardest thing for anybody to deal with mm. somebody's opinion. So when you talk about people working on their inner game, that inner game is how they live their lives in a lot of way. I mean, you will get your your baker, your banker, your you know your comedian, your fighters as well. I mean, you, you talked about other athletes uh, and certainly what they do. Uh, do you find those type of things will uh, just apply across the board or do you still have to switch it a little bit depending on the situation? I only mention that because uh, everyone has an ego. So there's yeah. almost stages you need to get through. Um, I so you need to refine and, and work through that as well in order to get to the crux of the problem for them to understand. Yeah, I know definitely you can you meet someone where they're at. But what I would say is if again with the the varied listener on this, yeah. If I if ten listeners became clients, now I'm unless you're a professional footballer, I'm not looking for a client, but if ten if ten listeners became clients and they all had different kind of jobs, they all had different roles, yeah. The tools that I use wouldn't vary the education that i give them wouldn't vary but what you would do is you would make it specific to that scenario yeah so again if you had a fighter or if you had say a downhill mountain biker right the tools that you use they wouldn't vary but how they are used within that sport would and i think it's it's completely just a case of can kind of meeting someone where they're at but mm -hmm. for me to get to the point that i have um or kind of come to a point of working with professional footballers I've used the same tools to help people with... So my background was in personal training. I've uh -huh. used the same tools to help people with their relationship with food, their relationship with exercise, um, stopping smoking, relationships, that... And again, it does... We're all... 90-odd percent of us, we're all kind of wired the same way. Yeah. Obviously, there's other reasons that people aren't, but for 90-odd percent of people, everybody's brain works the same. We're all hardwired negative. So it doesn't matter who it is. The tools are kind of, the tools are applicable, but you're just making it specific to that kind of individual in their circumstances. That's 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 really really interesting. And the background for you was 
personal training. Did you yeah. find that working within that athletic realm yourself that gave you the insight? Because I'm curious to know where, where does the journey, because what you do is such a unique thing and even your approach on it is such a unique thing that I've, I've never really heard. But but that's a layman speaking as well, yeah. it's, you know, obviously. Um, but in terms of you working as a personal trainer, working with athletes, working with coaches in that deaf realm, what was the journey that took you to what you're doing now? What, what, what was the journey? If go, so if I go back to the start, I... I left school to become a plumber. Uh-huh. And I was one of them that I wasn't old enough to leave at the end of fourth year, so I had to stay on in fifth. Right. But I'd done, I done something stupid. Just before my hires or just before my last exams, I decided I was going to leave. So okay. when you decide you're leaving school, but you've got to sit the exams, you're probably not applying yourself to the extent that you should. Right. So I left school and um, I became a, became a plumber. So I'd done plumbing for nine years. Right. But I got to a point of that, and it was like, I didn't mind plumbing, but I'm thinking, this is not what I want to do. Like, I didn't hate it, but it was kind of like, I remember sitting with my feet up on the dashboard one day, and I'm thinking, I could still be sitting here in the same van or in the same place with my feet on the dashboard at 65. Mm. Now, I worked at the local council, and that's not saying the feet on the dashboard was because I was working with the local council, but I'm like, I could still be here in 65. Granted, the van will change, you'll have a newer van, but the feet will probably still be on that dashboard. So what I've done is I saved up all my half days. Like, I'm like, you know what? I was always into my training. I was always into the gym and that. I thought, how can I, how can I can I do more? And I can I, I was going through, to be fair, I was going through kind of struggles. I'm not serious or that, but I was just going through the usual sort of early 20 stuff in life. Um, uh-huh. Right, how, how can I be better? And something that I've always found very helpful is when I'm struggling, who else can I help? How can I help someone else? I've always found that as a really good way in order to kind of pick myself up. So yeah. I saved up all my half days and I went to Manchester to become qualified as a personal trainer. Okay. Now I live, again, I grew up in the same village as, what is he, the broad god, John? How do oh, you yeah, know? of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in the same um, in the same village as JJ, so... right. I, they done the course in Edinburgh, uh-huh. but I, again at that time I, I loved the drink, I loved all that kind of stuff, and it was just kind of, I'm I'm wanting this to change my life. If I go to Edinburgh, what's going to happen? You're at college at the weekend, or you go to do the course at the weekend, and then you're out every night. So half days, saved them all up, and I went down to Manchester. Now jumping on a bus at twelve o'clock in the afternoon in Man, um, in Edinburgh, I think Manchester bus was like seven eight hours. So I used to do that every weekend and then I would come back and I would get picked up by my dad at two o'clock in the morning. This was on a Monday morning and then I would go back plumbing at eight. So through that, I eventually become qualified as a personal trainer and then I set up my own personal training business. And for yeah. for, a f- for two or three years, I was basically, I'd get up at five, study, I would then, I'd reverse the car, so I'm still staying at my mum and dad's at this point, I'd reverse the car out the garage, I'd put the AstroTurf down, I would work with clients, I'd get the plumbing gear on, I'd go plumbing, then I'd come home at night, rinse and repeat that for a good couple of years. And then it got to the point, I'm one of them, jump off the cliff, then learn how to fly. So I woke up one morning, I'm like, I'm going to design. So I had the business going on at the side, drove along, and they're like, right. So I wrote out my letter, and the boss at the time's like, what I'm going to do is put this in the top drawer, because he's like, if you you change your, I'm like, Put in any drawer you want, I'm not changing my mind. I says, 
I feel like I'm in a goldfish bowl here and I'm on the outside looking in. I yeah. says, I don't want to be on the inside looking out. But he's like, no, no. I says, do what you want, mate. I says, 100%. Because the workplace I was in, loads of folk were talking about leaving, but I think across a 10-year period, you could count on one hand the amount that I actually followed through it. Got you. So, handed it in. An hour later, they're like, you're going to have to come back and redo this. I'm like, how? You've not got your name on it. You've not got the date on it, blah. And I says, right. So I went in, resigned for a second time. I worked my notice, and then I just went full-time with the personal training business. Right. And personal training business, I said, there, I was working at my mum and dad's garage. See, it was a car, and then it was the training. But what started to happen was more and more people would come to me for a diet plan and a training plan. Right. And I was like, have you had one of these before? They're like, I've had eight or nine. I'm like, but what's going to make mine any different? Because let's be honest, again, if there are people here on a fitness journey or a weight loss journey, for the vast majority of people know what they need to do to lose weight. They need to move more, eat better, that if we're making it so basic. So I'm like, well, if I date on night, what's going to make my plan any difference? It's got to be a calorie deficit like everybody else's. And then I was at this point, I'm like, I've got a struggle here because I don't know the answer to this. So what I've done, I went away, I got better educated on food, I got better educated on training, came back, applied things. My clients got the same, kind of, they still got results, but then there was the rebound and I'm like, what? what is the real issue? Because I'm, I couldn't get any more educated on nutrition or training. Yeah. There was still that kind of, it would go for so long and there wasn't really a transformation. So I was searching and searching and searching. And then that's when I came across neuroscience. And it was basically, again, for the majority of people on a fitness journey, they don't have a training problem. They don't have a kind of food problem. Yeah. They have a problem with their And that's what kind of led me off on that journey, neuroscience. That's incredible. That's so within even with the 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 interest again to neuroscience already. You're hearing on that journey, and I'm sure you're you've more than recognised that as you kept identifying faults or negatives that were within what you were doing. Yep. But putting a positive spin on it, mm-hmm. like you say, you've got clients coming along, and this is nothing against any PTs watching. We've had PTs on the show before, and I know right. everyone takes a unique stance against it. But you were going why isn't mine's going to be working in the same way? Why are people going to see eight or nine different people and, you know, jumping around gyms and trying the fad diets? What's the problem with these people? What can I do to make that better? And that's what's taking you to the, the science part of it. How ex- how exactly did you you move on to that? Because I, I hear you saying about, yeah, obviously you left the plumbers. Obviously you went to become a personal trainer. What was that step? Because that sounds... I mean, that's quite a journey as it is on its own, getting into that type yeah. of science going from, you know, and I mean this with the greatest respect, right. plumber, PT, science, which you know, and now we're talking about, you know, deconstructing people's minds and, and yeah. helping with them. Um, what was the jump for that then? What did mum and dad think? Are, are we going to have to build a university in the garage? What are we going to have to do in order to, to help John get to this next step? What happened? I'll be honest, I think anytime you go to... When you make a change or you make a drastic change, I think uh-huh. initially people look and go, what are you up to? What are you doing? And I'm not saying they don't support or that, but there is a, I can go on. But by this point, I was going to, I had done the plumbing or I was, I was doing the plumbing, the personal training. Then when I started to go towards the more coaching, kind of neuroscience based, Yeah. by that point, everybody, just you do what you want. I've done that many things that were, <laughs> again, like, again, like it's been, personal trainer or training myself like I'd be sitting there I'd 
you'd be eating maybe steak at breakfast, you'd be eating mince at dinner or that, or at lunch and all that kind of thing. And whether it was just simple things with my training, whether it was simple things through my nutrition and that, there had been that many eyebrows raised with people close to me. It just got to the point of, you've got to do it anyway, so just kind of crack on. So they were massively supportive. And I think that, so from that kind of, the neuroscience-based stuff, the more coaching-based, what became pretty clear is you build up a, you build up a following or you build up a kind of a client base or that and they're wanting the training, they're wanting the nutrition, but that's not necessarily what they're needing. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I think that even now in the kind of in that space, hundred percent there is there's kind of space for PTs, there's space for coaches, all that kind of stuff. A hundred percent. I think it's a web, I think they're all interlinked. But I think the majority of people with their struggles I think it is around the mental side. Hmm. But what's the point? Again, let's make up numbers. What's the point you paying 40 quid for a coach that looks at the mental side of things for an hour when you can go and line dog shit up the park for 30 quid for unlimited classes? And again, I'm, I'm not saying one's right or one's wrong, but people look at that and then they're like, I'll just get the unlimited classes, the unlimited diet plans at 30 quid because why do I want to pay somebody 40 quid for an hour or whatever it might yeah. be? But what you tend to find is a lot of, if it's just training, if it's just kind of diet, if they're, if you're not looking at the mental side, quite often you get weight loss, great results, rebound. Weight loss, great results, rebound. Why? Because they're not addressing what the real issue actually is. And that yeah. really, for people, sometimes it could, basically the issue is threat. Threat on the brain, stress. So is that coming through a relationship? Is that coming through something at work? Is that something coming through maybe a family member passed away? That's the real thing. And once you deal with that, the training and the weight loss kind of takes care of itself. It's removing the obstacles. Yeah. But what I, slowly but surely, what I started to do was kind of come away from that, um, come away from the fitness side of things, because it would be a... Think it would be a hard task, and without doubt, there's people out there doing it. But the amount of work I would have to do to, I don't know if you'd say transform in what I was doing, like in regards to the fitness and marrying that, I thought, am I want to do that work? And I looked at it, probably not. Um, I'd built up an audience that were looking for something else. So what I'd done is basically I went away, and before you know it, you're working with people that are looking for help with stopping smoking, people that are looking for help with relationships, people that are looking for help with whether it's a business issue or whatnot with regards to the mental side. And honestly, anybody that wanted to work with me at that point, I just worked with anybody. And you're just kind of, and again, it's the same tools. Like, see, for the fitness, from the training side of things, people that wanted to work on the mental side of that, it's the same tools for somebody with regards to smoking, for with somebody with regards to relationships or whatever it might be. And slowly but surely, I kind of transitioned that way. And I then went off to Thailand for like a self-development and business course. Yes. And then when I came back, that was the point of, I've always been a football nut. I've always been football daft. And when I came back, that was the point of, right, let's go in with the football. And see all the stuff that I talk to athletes about now with regards to struggling with confidence and with regards to playing with more freedom. It's all the stuff I wish I had at 14 and 15 on the football park. Yeah. And whether it's somebody playing, like say I've got clients that represent their country playing in front of 60,000 people, or it was me playing with Kenny, playing in front of one man and their dog. Yeah. The tools didn't change. Maybe the off-field stuff does. 
with regards to contracts, with regards to managers, with regards to career choices, but the actual mm-hmm. on the park, the fact that I couldn't control and take a pass, whether that's in front of 60,000 people or six people, it's the same tools. It's, it's incredible. It's the reason I, I find that so incredible as well is we're taking a journey over like the last 20 years or shall we say um i don't know if you i don't know what your thoughts is on this but certainly there was a period maybe for our our dad's generation or our granddad generation people didn't work on themselves and they didn't kind of deconstruct issues it, it wasn't encouraged it just wasn't something that kind of made it to the to europe probably more than anything and if you heard about someone was going to take a journey and look into themselves he expected it to be someone in sandals and a hemp shirt you know going around india um but in the last particularly i would say in the last 10 years there has been a lot more talk of people addressing you know particularly in you know from performance and things like you know music and football and like you say it's all interconnected when you look at it how did you find that particularly because i'm i'm looking at the the stereotype of uh of I, would you say your clients are male or female? Is a little mix of both. Would that be fair to say? It has been a mix, but with the football, out with the odd Kenny group session, 100% male. 100% male, 100% male. How have you found breaking down the uh, um, the the male part of it? Is it people managing to now look into themselves a bit more and they're getting to connect with you uh, did you find that an obstacle to kind of overcome? We we talked very briefly about ego earlier, and that, that's not really what I'm talking about. It's people's, people's hesitancy. Even though things are looking a lot better than they were, particularly during lockdown, people are working in their own heads. Yeah. Did you find that difficult to sort of overcome, or were people really energised by the opportunity to do that? I think when, again, to answer that, can I, I'll pick the journey back up, wait to see when I decided, right, let's go into football. And okay. I, so I, I was always into leadership. I'd done a lot of studying on leadership. And my idea at first was to work with a manager. So the manager would take my ideas and kind of drum them into players. Got you. And then it became, it became quite pretty clear that a manager wouldn't take me on because in football, you might get six weeks as a manager, you might get six months. So why is someone going to take my ideas and put them through kind of their players? So yeah. I'm like, right. And when I, again, when I decided to transition into football, at that point, I had zero professional football contacts. I had no contacts in the game. Right. So I was checking away on social media. And what I'd done, I believed I had a message, like, say, then our game drives out our game, or can it, it's can it, football and life is played between the years. I had a message, but at that point, I never had results. I just had this idea. So okay. I'm like, how am I going to break into professional football when I've no got results, I've no got an, I've no kind of got um I've no got results to prove I can do what I'm saying. So what I'd done must be for a year, a year and a half, I used to just chuck a TV in the back of the car and then I would go around all the local sports clubs, football okay. clubs, to all the kids, and I would just go and present for free to the kids, going, here we go, here we go, whether it was parents, whether it was kids, whether it was coaches, and I've not just through like say working with kids at uh, grassroots levels I remember standing at the local rugby club before the first game doing the team talk I've not got a clue rugby I watch a bit of rugby I've not got a clue of the rules and the manager's like do you want to do the team talk now at this point if somebody says to me now do you want to do a team talk at the rugby I'd be like nah no thanks but at that point I not a problem I went along and done it I say I'll meet you there he's like no nah, I'm at my work I'll, I'll not be there I say right so I'll speak to the assistant manager he'll be there Nah, he's on holiday. 
there'll be a coach there though. So I'm standing, not got a clue of the rules, giving this talk to the to the local rugby team. I remember driving through to Livingston, um, again, not getting paid for it, but it was to a girls under 13 rhythmic gymnastic group. There's still a picture of me. Honestly, just 13-year-old girls, rhythmic gymnastics. I'm speaking to them about the kind of power of the mind. And <laughs> I like, just get this, get the word out to absolutely anybody and let's try and get a bite. And whilst right. I was doing that, I was reaching out to footballers on social media. Yeah. It must have been six, eight hundred messages that I put out before the first player says, I'll work for you. Right. And it was just, so again, don't know if any of the view, this is the point it got to, or this is kind of how far I'd go. Some of the listeners might be familiar with a guy called Neil Lennon. So yes. Neil Lennon is, he was Hibs manager and Hibs is a local club to me, but they always bring a team down to a town called Trenent before the season starts and goes, right, obviously I think they're trying to raise funds for them. So I remember Neil Lennon going into this game and I'm like, I'm going to introduce myself here. But he was in and then he was on the sidelines and he was shouting. I thought, I'm not going to bother him. So I'd parked in Asda. And when I went back to my car at Asda, I seen his assistant coming out of Asda after the game. I'm right. like, well, if his assistant's come out, he must, Neil Lennon must have come out. Or right. Neil Lennon must be in Asda. So I'd planned to jump in the car. But I'm like, I'm away to buy a suite or I'm away to buy a buy a trip. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking around Asda for Neil Lennon. Cannot yeah. find them. Come out. And then there's this, I think it was a Range Rover reversing. I'm just away, bang, 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 right on the window. And you can see now Neil Lennon, obviously, um, being managing Celtic, playing with Celtic yeah. for years, somebody knocking on his window, quite often it's probably no looking to introduce herself and say, <laughs> but you could see his face. And he went, to be fair, he wound in the window, he gave me five minutes of his time, and he was absolutely brand new. Right. And I'd sent him a letter. I'd sent a letter up to the training ground, and he's like, "Oh, I've got your letter." And he said, "I'm going to reply to it." I think his reply is still in the post. But right, that, okay. Again, I'd, I'd get to, I'd speak to anybody. I'd wrap the window, and it must have been about eight hundred messages before the first player says, "I'll work with you." And oh. the way, like, it was just off. If you're familiar with the city bypass in Edinburgh, or anybody is, Dreghorn Starbucks. It's a guy called John Souter. And I was just think I just done a, a podcast on that yesterday. I've done an episode yesterday. So right. the date was around about the 14th of July 2017. Okay. At that point, I just got my he became my first professional footballer client that says, I'll pay you. And no way. three months before that, I done a call with some of the former professional footballer who said, No footballer will ever pay you for what you've got. Try cricket, try golf. And I was like, Oh. So Brought John on board, got John, and whilst working with John, to be fair, he went on, represented his country in that, and I could not have handpicked a better individual um, to be my first client. As I see, he's went on, represented his country. Yeah. And since then, you're talking three and a half years, I took my first client on then, and last month there, or up till yesterday, I've got 21 active clients in a month. And don't get me wrong, there's been loads of clients yeah. that have come and gone through that period. But as it stands, like last month, consistently I had 21 clients. And you are saying, like, your original question was, how do you feel we can, uh, not try to break down the sort of male side of things or that, yeah. but it's the education side of things. Mm. And that, like a lot of, 
I'll show up on social media most days. I put a podcast out every day and it's raising awareness. And it's kind of, it's not so much, I do too much educating, but I need to be raising more awareness. And to be fair, when you do raise awareness, guys are like, that's why. Because I spoke to a guy yesterday who plays at a club down, down south and he's struggling with a certain aspect of his game and you talk to him about it and then at the end of the call, he's like, it's not my technique that's the issue here. It's, it's an odd game. And I'm like, right. boom, got you. And I think the more... I'm, I'm not going to say I'm unique. Like, I'll, I'll show up as me. I'll talk yeah. as me. Like, I'll, I'll turn up in shorts. I'll turn up in T-shirt. I'll just turn up as me. And again, I'm not a psychologist. I've never classed myself as a psychologist. And excuse me for the language here or excuse the language, but I'll use terms like shit the bed because these guys are just like me and you. Yeah. I say to you, like say, and I, I use the term shit the bed. You're probably listening going, I know what you mean. Yeah. confidence was drained and they're the kind of term I'm not using the terms of possession but I just meet these guys where they're at whereas I could come away with the kind of all the big words and all the kind of terminology and that but these guys aren't interested in that all these people are interested in can you make me perform better or can you make me feel better and if the answer to that is yes use any word you want use any tool you want I'm cool with that and again that goes for anybody listening to this yeah it's- so you're taking away any doubt they would have about what you do through education and how they can apply it to themselves. Yeah. Clearly people are, are interested, but they don't know. And then you educate them and make it in a way that's digestible to them. Cause, yeah. cause even, even at that talking, I mean, I know I've, I've spoke to various coaches and what have you over the years, but even terms like it sounds silly, we shut the bed. It's like, that's a term I use myself, yeah. you know, uh, uh, you, you know exactly what you're doing wrong <laughs> in that type of situation. But you st- so you start getting these clients from all over the all over the, the country, would it be fair to say? All over the country? Well, probably. I've worked with lads in America, Holland, Italy, I all over the world. Um, oh. And social media's played a massive part in that. Without yeah. social media, I'm not saying it wouldn't be possible, but it would certainly be a lot harder. Um, mm. but I know it's just it's just kinda it's grown for there and it's again it's it's been a lot, a lot of hard work up to this point. Um, yeah. But last, like you're coming out of lockdown there, like yeah. last month was my most successful, whether that was with the podcast, whether that was with income, whether that's with the budget size of the client base, but also it's my best group of clients. And what I mean by that is I'm looking, if I look at my list of clients, they're all hungry for it. Whereas initially when you're taking guys on, some of them's like, I'm going to work with you because they, he worked with you, or I'll get results because my mate got results. That's not how it works. Your mate got results because he put in the time, he put in the effort. Yeah, you, you just can't wave a magic wand, and it's it's a two way thing. You're not there to just wait. You're you're looking for people to work with you as much as you are with them. Is is it's a big part of the process. Yeah. Um, um, I've got to ask in terms of lockdown because I know there'll be a lot of people that'll be wondering about this and have had the time to be in their own head and, and think about things. You're, you've been doing this now for about well, four years, roughly, I think we're coming up as uh, about three, yeah. four years. Have you found a, a ha- the standard question right now, I think, with the, un, the uh, unpredictable times we're in, have you found big changes in what you've had to do during lockdown, or is, are we really just looking at the same issues that were kind of pre-existing that people are looking to try and work through with you? I think what lockdown has brought 
for Pete is probably more uncertainty. Right. Um, again, dependent. Obviously, again, it probably goes for all sectors. But some lads were some lads were playing were back playing within weeks. Some lads it took months. Some lads aren't even back playing yet. So I think it. I think a massive thing is uncertainty. Hmm. And again, the human brain does not like uncertainty. And that's probably the toughest. I think that's probably been the toughest thing for anybody because I'm I'm still speaking to people now who are waiting for governments to make announcements to go back, or and the, when's the government making the announcement? It was meant to be last week, but I think it'll now be next week. So right. as your as your league continuing or as your league no no sure? Are you getting promoted if it's no continuing? No sure. So there's so much uncertainty, and if you think of that in life, feel like you turning up for a gig. Everything round about, there has to be an element of uncertainty. How many people are going to be there? Who's going to speak to you? Or who's going to shout at you? Who's going to heckle you? Um, will the people that are introducing you, will they do it? But if you think of what can you be certain of in life? Yeah. It's you. And that, that goes for anything. Like, see, lockdown has brought so much uncertainty. Lockdown has brought, it's been so tough for so many people. But the only thing that you can really control during lockdown is yourself. Hmm. Or the biggest thing you've got influence over in lockdown is yourself. And whether that's us waiting for the government to make a, an announcement, whether that is a, the government's made an announcement that doesn't fit our life, we're not happy with, the only real thing that we can control is us. Right. If you're looking for certainty in life, the only thing that we can really be certain of is us and what we do. And I think the more you understand who you are and what you do, the more certain you're going to be. And yeah. there has to be, you know, government, will they make an announcement, will they not? But I think, I always comfy, plan for worst-case scenario. Look at worst-case scenario. If you can deal with the worst-case scenario, you'll deal with everything else in between. Yeah, it's, that, that's quite funny because uh, in terms of when I work with uh, young comedians or new comedians, uh I'll always try and focus on the positives for them, even though I might not take my own advice. Uh, but exactly what you say, like, for example, if I ask, what's the biggest fear you've got? They're not la What's the worst thing that can happen? They're not laughing. No, the worst thing is, is they could all start a fire, start chucking things at the stage, decide collectively you're the worst thing that's ever happened and put you in a wicker phallus. That's the worst thing that's going to happen. But that's not going to happen because you've got good jokes and you're going to go on stage and make people laugh. Uh, and it's kind of, finding those positives thing yourself. But, but like you say, you're helping people understand that they can depend on themselves and they are their biggest asset and helping them look at the issues that they might have so they can look after themselves and then perform to the maximum. Would that be a, a, a way of putting it? Yeah. No, I can completely agree with that. You, I think you kind of nailed it. You're your biggest asset in life. Yeah. This probably sounds like some sort of Instagram post or that, but people upgrade <laughs> their phones, people upgrade their cars, people upgrade their razor, people upgrade so many things. But ultimately, what we forget to upgrade at times is ourselves. And going going back to going back to like she lockdown last March, I can mm. remember driving along the road and I was listening to the radio, which was it was Talk Sport. Now Talk right. Sport is obviously quite a big sports station in in Britain. I think it might actually be worldwide. And I remember at the time they announced that the English leagues were stopping. And I'm driving along the road and I'm like, oh. And I probably, I probably did let out a wee smile and I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, ah, 
because I'm someone who has a business in that sector, that sector is closing. So I'm driving along the road like, this is not great. A wee bit of panic going on. And then later that day, driving along the road, the Scottish Leagues got cancelled. And at that point, I'm like, whoa, this is really not good. So for half a day, I must say there was a panic because I'm telling myself, no footballer will be want. No footballer will need to work on their inner game during lockdown if they are not playing. Yeah. We left it half a day. As I say, wasn't feeling great. We left it for half a day, and then I woke up. What I'm telling myself here is it actually true that no footballer will need to work on their inner game during lockdown if they're not playing? And then I was like, Nah. If a footballer ever needed to work on their inner game, it was during lockdown. Whether they were playing or not, to get through lockdown or how we've got through lockdown up to this point. It's been all mental. It's not been physical because the inner drives the outer. So I had went to tell myself something that wasn't true, which left me in a state of, now very rarely do I go up or down, but there was a bit of panic. So next morning I woke up and I'm like, is that true? No. Because I'm like, if any time, if a player need, ever needed to work on his inner game, it was now. Yeah. The time that I headed the opposition was then. So I'm like, right, what? I'd call it a narrative. And again, I think there's, if you go back back to March, there have been social media videos on this. I decided to run with the narrative that in struggle, there is opportunity. So basically what I was saying there, in struggle, lockdown was got to be a struggle. There was The struggle was got to find us, whether it was social distancing, whether it was not being able to see family or whatnot. In struggle, there was opportunity. I think that the struggle was always got to find me. The struggle was always got to find us. It was up to us to go and find the opportunity. So that was last March. Um, in April, I started writing a book. Through lockdown, the book got published. Through lockdown, I started doing a podcast every day. And then just March there, or like yesterday, sorry, I'd done my most successful month ever with the business. But again, with it, there was struggle in that. Yeah. I also believed there was opportunity. I thought that I seen in lockdown a lot of people just down in tools as in we're on a jolly here, we're on a holiday. And I'm one, everybody's down in tools, I'll pick them up. Like I'm like, this is, again, no what is saying crude or whatnot, but when you've got the foot on somebody's throat, press it. I thought last March was the time to press it. Wasn't it to take it off? That was the time to press it. Everybody was taking the foot off, I was putting the foot on the throat. Oh, and it's... Even mentally coaching yourself uh, over that period of, like you say, that day you actually had to mentally coach yourself, addressing that initial panic, uh, and then actually look down at it. That's crazy. You're even doing your you're doing your own job on yourself in order to turn into the curve of lockdown. Well, that that's something that I pride myself on. There's there's no point. I'm saying there's no point, but for me to come on and say to viewers, try this, try that, do this, do that. If I'm not doing it myself. Mm. Again, with my values, that doesn't sit right with me. Mm. Like, say, for me, go away and do this, away and do that. If I'm, now I'm not saying I have to be super successful at applying them to myself, but if I'm asking someone to do something that I've never attempted myself, that, that, that doesn't add up to me. And again, I, I hope I come across as transparent, I hope I come across as honest. And it's that honesty, it's that transparency that's got me to where I, to where I am. I'm not that far down the road, but it's got me to where I am. And I'll, Let's see, if anybody asks me any questions, like say any client asks me anything, whether it's personal or not, they'll get an answer. 100% they get an answer. Why? I'm not that important. I'm an absolute nobody. And whether it's, like say a client of mine, he's a footballer, but he's starting up a, he just started up a business the other day. And I was like, and he was like, 
with regards to tax, what do you do? I just opened my books up straight away. He could see what I was making every month. He could see what people were paying me. He could see what I pay in tax. There you go. Will he go to bed thinking about what I make or more what I don't make? Or will he go to bed thinking about my tax forms? No, I'm not that important. And if it does go, again, it wouldn't bother me too much. So I need to, I need to, or I feel I have a duty to apply the tools that I am given to my clients. Have I ever played professional football? No. But that's what I'm saying, going back to it, whether it's a banker, whether it's a baker, a candlestick maker, or a footballer, or a coach, or comedian, the tools are the same. But it's just the application or what you're applying to them that changes. It's 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 incredible. Now, I know you are very active on social media. You want to help get the, the message of what you're doing out there. You mentioned the daily podcast. I know you've done TV, and I know you've done radio. In terms of the daily podcast, just as a, a little snapshot, and I'm aware I'm taking up uh, time, but I, I'm so interested in it. In terms of doing the daily podcast and what have you, and getting yourself out there, which is important with any business, but it's getting it the right balance. I mean, if um, how have you found doing that in terms of just educating people on what you want to do? Because you you do want you want footballers and you want athletes, of course, getting in touch by everyone. Was that important to you to start going, well, I want to get things out in social? Because, again, this is a relatively new thing. You know, 10, ten years ago, um, nobody was doing podcasts as part of their business and getting their ideals out. Nobody was doing social media videos, but you've been very proactive for that. Was yeah. that something uh, – well, first of all, we'll, we'll get back to where people can find you and what have you in just a second. But was that important for you to get out there, or was it part of your learning process in terms of – Let's right. say starting starting a business or being self-employed. Yeah. For the majority of people, it's no easy. Don't get me wrong. There will be people that knock it at a home run very early doors. Yeah. But I think uh, what we're touching upon or what you said earlier, I think, again, I'm terrible with dates, but you must be looking at about four years. I think it's about four years. Yeah. And I'm still not quite where I need to be with it. Right. But what I can see is across those four years, growing ever so slightly. And... I spoke about no what ifs earlier. If my business, like the football mindset, if it doesn't work, I am completely cool with that. If I give it my best. Like if I give it my best and my best isn't good enough, and there's listen, there's loads of things that I give my best to and it's no good enough. Mm. I don't lose sleep over that. But if football mindset didn't work and I look and I'm like, I could have done more, that's where it wouldn't sit very right with me. So we've got a tool, and I'll be honest, I'm not. People might, if they look at my social media, they might think, no, nah, that's not right, he's lying. But I'm not a massive fan of social media. If I never hmm. had a business, I'd probably be gone off social media. Right there with you. Right there with you. The only reason I'm on social media is because I've got a business. The only reason I show parts of my life on social media is because I've got a business. So I'm not a massive fan of social media, but every, nearly everybody in the world is on it. So if I've got a business it wouldn't make sense not to be on it. Yeah. And as you say, it's trying to find the right balance. I've went to the point of, I do a podcast every day, Monday, Friday. I just, again, recording a podcast one day, I'm like, right, I'm going to do a podcast episode every day for a year, Monday, Friday. It was great saying it. And then when he came away, I'm like, oh, I might have to follow up with that. And I've done it on episode 19. So I think if, I, if the maths are right, which they might be wrong, I think it's 260 episodes to do Monday, Friday for a year. Yeah, I'm on episode number nineteen. I am at episode number 
127. Yeah, 10. I'm like, oh, I'm making progress. And somebody said to me yesterday, he said, oh, you've still got a few to go. And I'm like, oh, 140 odd, <laughs> 130 odd. But again, I'm, it's like consistency. I think consistency is a massive thing. So many people, they knock out the park one day, then they don't the next, and then they don't the next, and they don't try the next. Whereas for me, it's consistency is key. Absolutely everything, consistency is key. And whether it's growing social media followers, whether it's growing a program like this, or whether it's like clients, you only get one client at a time. The consistency yeah. is absolutely key. And I kind of say to my clients, right, we need to be on it every day or we need to be at it every day if I'm not. And that doing that every day for a year, that's my way of showing that like, I back up what I'm saying or I like to try back up what I'm saying. Um, and let's be honest, folk are like, oh, that's a massive effort to put a podcast out every day. If we're being truthful, what I do, I take one of these sheets, I write out what I'm going to say, I take the microphone for there, I plug it in, hook that up, talk away, and then upload it. Put a start, put an end, and upload it. If it's something that I'm committed to, it doesn't take more than an hour a day. It doesn't take more than 45 minutes a day. So if I... If that's something I'm committed to, but I can't commit to it, and it's only forty-five minutes a day, there's something wrong for my right. side. Well, look, uh, the podcasts are absolutely incredible. People can find out everything. There's so much I could talk to you for another couple of hours, but uh, well, I want to make sure uh, we we've covered so much. But first, the last thing I, I want to ask. Well, there's a couple of things actually. First of all, where is the best place for people to find out? what you're all about john what where can people yeah. check what's going on i mean i know you've you've got your own way of doing things but if people are interested they want to check out the podcast I, you never know where this web of thing goes who it could end up getting connected to uh where's the best place for people to find you best social media would be instagram and it's at football mindset now yeah. what i would say that if you're virtually every post is about football mm -hmm. if you're not at football if you hate football Following that page probably isn't going to be for you. But if you're willing to kind of siphon through things and go, you know what, I could take that principle from football, apply it to my own yeah. life, business or whatever, 100% crack on that football mindset. And the podcast is the Football Mindset Podcast. It is on Apple. It is also on Spotify. Yeah. So you'll get across these those two. But what I would say is, I'd say as much as all these tools do apply to general public, if you've not got a, a like football, or if football grinds your gears a wee bit, following me on social media probably isn't going to be for you. But I will not take offence. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, look, and finally, I've got to ask, you've got quite the memorabilia and stuff behind you. I uh, see uh, Liverpool Street. I can't tell what it is in the back wall. Um, mm -hmm. What has been your thoughts of football, John Log? That genuinely interested because uh, I'm, in, I'm into my ice hockey, I'm into my pro wrestling. I've got my interest in football as well. What's been your thought on the fan presentation? Because I don't think, I don't know if football's ever had more eyes on it than it's ever had than right now. What's, what's your thought of football during lockdown? I stopped watching English football or the English Premier League. I stopped watching it quite a few months ago. Um, not for me. Without mm. the fan participation, not for me. Mm. It's when, don't know if stale's the right word, um, but I, I stopped what I found the English games very, very boring. So I've stopped mm. watching the lower league stuff. Quite enjoy still obviously watch clients but I still watch the Scottish game because the Scottish game is so fast the Scottish game is so frantic and let's yeah. be honest out with maybe your Rangers Celtic in Scotland 
videoing a game or having footage of a game and there's nobody there, it doesn't change much. There's, like, say, a game with <laughs> clubs out there. If you, when the fans are allowed back, you could go around the stands yeah. and they'll just be kind of dotted about. But I just think the, the Scottish game, like, you're on about ice hockey, basketball, things like that. I would imagine they're played at such a pace that the guys sometimes watch the ice hockey on the, the free sports. I yes. don't know if it's Swedish leagues and Russian leagues and that. I sometimes watch on that. And whether there's fans here or not, I'm not really that aware. Not that I'm immersed in it, but I'm not really that aware. But I just yeah. think the speed of it, whereas I'm finding the English football, to be fair, quite quite monotonous without the support. Um, I, I think that's fair. I think that's I think that's fair comment. I think uh, a lot of people are literally just curious about uh, uh, to ask it because uh, we, I've had various people. People heard you were coming on the show. People were wondering. We started talking about football, and that came up again and again. But it's always lower leagues. England is actually oh. it's a faster game. It seems to be more frantic. All the, I don't know. They should, I don't want to use the phrase more heart in the game because I would never say that about oh. a pro athlete. But there's there's definitely something there, and I think you've you've yeah. absolutely nailed it. Well, listen, John, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, I did have to ask one thing. We never got around to talking about the book. Very, very quickly. Um, if people want to check the book out, how can people get their hands on it? It is available on Amazon. Right. So the book is called Master Your Confidence, The Elite Footballer's Guide to High Performance. But what I would say with regards to the book, I've had quite a bit of feedback from people that, again, going back to personal training days, but a lot of people that aren't actually into their football but they have read the book and they've taken quite a lot from it. But if you're an athlete and you're looking to work on your inner game, 100% I would say check out the book. So it's called Master Your Confidence, The Elite Footballer's Guide to High Performance. Again, it's written for a professional footballer, but you can find that on Amazon. And <laughs> um, if you enjoy my voice, you can actually get it on audiobooks. So yes, well, I always say that to boys. I'm like, you know what? If you're looking to get the kids to sleep early, just get on your and get it on loudspeak. What a great so, idea. What a great idea. I never thought about doing that, putting on a putting something I want to listen to on when they're going to what a great idea. Exactly. <laughs> even even more, uh even more ideas. Well, listen, everyone, you've got to go and check us out. Uh, uh go and check out John and all the social medias. Don't worry, we will put them in the link on the podcast and you'll be able to check yeah. out. John, I'll just very quickly put you back into the, the VIP, the locker room, the green room, the dressing room. Not sure what we're going to call it for this one. I'll pop you in there and I'll finish up the podcast. Everyone, uh, give it up for our very special guest, Mr. John Johnson today. Right, uh, that's all we've got time for in this episode of Broadcast. Really interesting one. We're going to put all John's socials uh, and what have you below us. Uh, I think there's a lot to unpack there uh, for us all. But we are going to be back next week with another brilliant guest. Just very quickly, and we have to get this out of the way, uh, this is actually broadcast during lockdowns. One first birthday. We have done this for an entire year in lockdown each and every week. We really appreciate you joining in each and every week. We want to bring you more and more interesting guests. Like I say, we've got guys from the world of pro wrestling. We've got some, we might even have some Hollywood stars coming on and stuff. So we've got some really interesting things. Once again, thank you for joining in every week. And don't forget to go and check out John and everything he's doing over at Broadbeards. They're the reason we're here. They're the reason you guys are watching. Make sure to go and buy the products. It's the best stuff on the planet for what we're looking for. It's merch, uh, apparel. It's 
beard beard creams. He doesn't do beard creams, beard oils, uh, laxies, everything you might need. Go over and check that out. Uh, he has put in such an effort through lockdown, and I'm delighted he's had me doing it as well. So it really has been keeping me busy. I think that's the way why I'm writing dirty jokes. That's all we've got time for on this broadcast. We will see you next week. Will I be able to do the closing credits of the show without looking at the monitor? Because I never have the cuss in the right place. It's not happening. It's not happening. God damn it. Every single week. We'll see you next week. Look after yourself. Stay safe.